Lara Spirit is a reporter for the Times Red Box, where she covers politics from Westminster uh, at Westminster. Lara, good morning. Morning. Evening to you, actually, of course, but we can't do that every (laughs) week. Uh, What has the Prime Minister announced with respect to new home building in England? Yes, so uh, house building in the UK and in British politics is a huge issue uh, for both parties at the moment. Now, Rishi Sunak, the Prime Minister, uh, early on in his uh, premiership, before back in the end of 2022, he dropped mandatory uh, house building targets and sort of in the view of some critics caved into some of his backbench uh, MPs who are seen to be anti uh, house building. And ever since people have been asking what the Conservative offer on house building would be. The Labour offer is very clear. It's 1.5 million uh, new homes. They're saying that the green belt uh, should be able to be, have permission to be uh, built on, so it should be easier to build homes. So Rishi Sunak has been under pressure to do that. Uh, and this week, uh, he and uh, his housing secretary, Michael Gove, announced that uh, they are going to make it much uh, easier to build houses on so-called brownfield uh, land, indeed trying to make it much harder for some uh, who might be opposed to building to be able to block it. Um, So that's been something that's been consuming attention this week, and it's not been without criticism because uh, people, I think, correctly have pointed out uh, that actually there uh, there is quite a lot that still needs to be done to boost house building to anything like the target that the Conservative Party have set themselves, which is 300,000 new homes a year. That is certainly a target that is uh, flagging and there is a very big uh, crisis um, in the uh, house building sector at the moment. There just aren't enough houses that are being built. If you have a moment of utter boredom, Google Kiwi Build and um, see the risks of putting, in New Zealand, see the risks of putting a figure, an ambitious figure on building new homes. Brownfields, to be specific, Greenfields, of course, is new, undeveloped land, often former farmland or, or just, um, uh, you know, vacant land. Brownfields are specifically land that's previously had a, an industrial use. And how much is available and how much kind of, uh, what's the word I'm after, uh, work would need to be done to, to, to get it in the condition where you can confidently build on it? Well, it's a very good question. And this is something that uh, politicians are divided on because quite a lot of uh, people this week have been making the case that actually the question isn't about granting permission necessarily for uh, brownfield sites. It's about actually making sure that people are building on them. There are quite a lot of these sites, of course, where permission has been granted, but the building hasn't yet happened. And then, of course, what is built on those sites? Is it affordable homes? Is it social housing? Or is it housing that uh, may not be appropriate or affordable for some of those that are known to be uh, among, uh, you know, in the most dire need of of accessing it. So those have been big questions. I think the answer that the Labour leader, Keir Starmer, who, if the polls are correct, uh, is is looking at uh, entering Downing Street, becoming Prime Minister, uh, if all goes his way in the election that we expect to be later on this year. He says, uh, you know, Brownfield isn't enough. There's not enough of it. And that actually 
um, green belt land, as you say, um, that, that land that people consider to be kind of rural and kind of aesthetically beautiful. Uh, he has said, uh, actually, there's a kind of, he calls it the grey belt. There's this kind of uh, intermediate area of land that we might think of as officially green belt, but actually is appropriate for building on two. And that's the key dividing line between the two parties now when it comes to housing is that Richard Sunak announcing this uh, earlier this week saying that he wants to protect the green belt and it's a key attack line that his party used against Kisdama that they will build on uh, the green belt and Kisdama saying actually much of the green belt uh, isn't what you would associate it's not these kind of rolling rural hills that must be protected so much of it is uh, you know land that is ripe to be uh, to be built on and it's indefensible not to and I think that will be a key uh, fight in the next election is just exactly where uh, they should be building now I think one of the big issues that uh, Rishi Sunak has in making this case is that if you look at a lot of the seats he wants to hold on to in the next election, a lot of them are in the kind of rural, semi-rural, Tory, traditional Tory heartlands um, that have traditionally been anti- uh, new house building Nimbies. in their backyards. We call yeah. them NIMBYs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, remediation, was the, remediation was the word I was after for some of the Brownfields developments if they've had former industry on them. I suppose that, that adds to mm. cost. How tight is, or how big is the housing shortage? Um, you know, how many people are on waiting lists for, uh, for for social housing, for example, or just how much pressure is there on, on accommodation? And, of course, rents, um, or rents or, or house prices, which respond to a tight market. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of pressure on all of the areas that you just mentioned. And one of the areas that Michael Gove, um, who I just mentioned, the housing secretary, has been trying to get some reform on is the rental sector. So he uh, wants to push ahead with uh, with no, with making it better to be uh, a renter in uh, in Britain. Things uh, like the point at which you end your, your contract, kind of tighten up uh, those so-called no-fault um, evictions as well as a slate of reforms to try and kind of empower uh, renters. Because especially in cities like London, um, it has become very difficult for a number of renters. And when it comes to, as you say, the, the access that especially young people have to getting on the housing ladder uh, and buying housing in somewhere like uh, London, you know, there are very few boroughs where the average house price won't be 10, 15 times uh, the average salary. So it's really prohibitively difficult. Um, and that means a lot of people rely on the so-called bank of mum and dad to be able to get a deposit and access um, housing. And this is something that Labour are quite keen to talk about, they think. Uh, you know, they have an answer to this. They will radically uh, boost uh, house building, but successive uh, governments, including New Labour um, in uh, under, you know, Tony Blair and, and his successor, Gordon Brown, also, uh, I think it's fair to say, failed to put in place um, the relevant systems and failed to build as many houses um, as would need to be uh, built in order for today not to have the kind of housing crisis that we see. Lara, Labour finds itself again in an internal row over uh, anti-Semitism allegations. What is the latest, please? Yes, so um, we have two by-elections tomorrow um, in Britain. This is a big moment for Rishi Sunak because uh, both of these by-elections are forecast not to be uh, going his way, and there have been a you know quite a few rumblings over here and quite a few discussions about plots to remove Rishi Sunak if things don't go 
uh, his way? Could people, more people put their head out and say, actually, we don't think he should be our prime minister anymore. But actually, um, the big row that has come over these by-elections uh, has been an unexpected one. And it has been uh, in relation to one um, to, to one that's further down the line uh, in Rochdale, where a candidate, Labour's candidate, has been um, suspended. He will no longer stand um, as our ally, as the Labour candidate over um, a kind of recording of him repeating anti-Semitic um, conspiracy theories and, and, and this anti-Semitic uh, row that is now engulfing the Labour Party has been very difficult for Keir Starmer because not only did he have to suspend Azhar Ali after days of uh, different positions on the matter, but he has actually had to take action against another uh, candidate, Graham Jones, um, who had also uh, made uh, made further remarks that have been deemed to be by some anti-Semitic. Uh, so, uh, and, and, you know, uh, the comments are are offensive. So that is very difficult for Starmer. He now finds himself in uh, a row over uh, anti-Semitism when he has for quite some time uh, positioned himself as the successor to Jeremy Corbyn, who has uh, removed that from the party. He makes a, a, a very big deal of the fact that he feels he's taken a huge amount of action to uh, remove that from the party. And under Jeremy Corbyn, his predecessor's leadership, uh, there were a lot of problems uh, in that respect felt by many. So um, this is a difficult time for Keir Starmer. Some people here saying it's his most difficult week as a leader of the Labour Party. Yet other people saying uh, this is a bump in the road, that the polls still seem to be solidly in Labour's favour when it comes to overall support. But I think, uh, you know, with the conflict, we are seeing certainly that this is proving very difficult uh, for Keir Starmer in terms of party management. Now, David Cameron, who's made this bizarre return to your politics as foreign secretary, uh, he is making the plea to the US, to Republicans specifically, over the aid package for Ukraine. Yes, so David Cameron um, has made a direct plea in um, The Hill, which is a, um, a US publication, uh, warning Republicans that they shouldn't show the weakness displayed against Hitler, in his words, in the 1930s, um, as they consider the critical funding package uh, for Ukraine. This is, of course, in a direct challenge to Donald Trump. Trump, um, who is likely, uh, well, at this point, almost certain to be the Republican uh, nominee, um, who is standing in the way of this £95 billion aid package, not just for Ukraine, but also for Israel uh, and Taiwan. And uh, Cameron saying he's dropping all diplomatic niceties um, to try and encourage American uh, legislators to get this uh, through. Now, Ukraine in particular is a, a cause that Cameron, uh, who's our foreign secretary, uh, cares much about, but it's also something that, you know, since Boris Johnson was prime minister, the UK has certainly taken a leading role in, and especially in this question of drumming up international support. Now, that hasn't until semi-recently been in serious, serious question from the US's part, but it's certainly now, given the threat that Republican lawmakers uh, have made in terms of getting this through, looks like it's something uh, that could be seriously in doubt. And Cameron clearly very worried about this in, in what is basically a direct pitch uh, for their support. The question is whether it will, uh, whether it will have any um, impact, but uh, mm. it's an interesting move to, uh, to take this approach. Um, how... How else is, is, is his role of foreign secretary playing out? As we said, of course, he's a former prime minister who was sort of bizarrely brought back. Well, it seems bizarre from the outside, but, you know, was, was brought back to play this role. It's, a, it's a, clearly, especially in the current times, a very significant role, Lara. 
Yeah, it's a, and it was a fascinating return and a shocking return for those of us who watch Westminster closely. Nobody really knew that it was happening until we saw in uh, that reshuffle David Cameron walking up uh, to the steps of uh, Downing Street to return after some years in the political wilderness as Foreign Secretary, as you say, as one of the most important, in one of the most important jobs in government. Now, uh, I think those reports that we've seen suggest that he is enjoying his return to frontline uh, politics, that he's enjoying the diplomatic angle of it, uh, especially there have been controversies, most specifically over uh, alleged uh, China, uh, kind of uh, links to China during his time outside of politics and the bearing that some feel that might have on his time as foreign secretary now. So there have been questions about some uh, aspects of uh, his past and the kind of interregnum between uh, leaving yeah. politics and, and now returning as a peer. But largely, uh, it seems to have been uh, a kind of so far. Thank you, Lara. Thanks very much, Lara Spirit.